amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Take a licking. <laughs> there is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you. Just call for Super Chicken. Welcome to the Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer Radio Show, brought to you by Calm Box Feeds. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, national spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program, and editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Each week, I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and, of course, living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Sure visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer. At Kambach Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all-natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kambach Feeds. Find a dealer at kambachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud... Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFradio.com. 
That's gqfradio.com. Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches, barns, pens, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pens for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfginc.com. That's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C.com. Or call them to find a retailer near you at 1-888-824-7257. Ware Manufacturing. Introducing the Bright Tap Chick Feeder, the cleaner feeder that grows with your flock. The Bright Tap Feeder is designed with a unique shield that prevents chicks from standing on the feed tray and pooping into their food. The shield keeps the feed clean, so you spend less time cleaning the feeder. And when your chicks grow up and leave the brooder, you can use the Bright Tap Feeder outdoors to give your adult chickens scratch, grit, and oyster shells. The unique shield also prevents rain from getting into the feed tray and spoiling the food. The Bright Tap feeder fills easily through a lid in the top. No more spills or wasted feed. To learn more, visit our website, chickenwaterer.com. That's chickenwaterer.com. Do you provide a heat source for your backyard chickens in the winter? In most cases, it's not necessary. But if you choose to provide a heat source for your backyard chickens, it's imperative to use a safe and effective heat source, and the only one I recommend is the Sweeter Heater. The Sweeter Heater is a safe, completely sealed, washable, non-breakable, energy-efficient, long-lasting and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three-year warranty. Ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater I recommend, the Sweeter Heater. Purchase the Sweeter Heater online at SweeterHeater.com. That's SweeterHeater.com. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky, you'll know it's Super Chicken. All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. We've got a great show lined up for you today. We've got, of course, Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken First State Vet Supply. He's going to be here talking all about scaly leg mites today. Won't be a, uh, an extremely long topic to uh, cover. He'll be here shortly, and we will cover that in detail. And I even posted a couple of pictures on our Facebook page of uh, really a, a horrendous uh, photo of uh, uh, scaly leg mites gone bad and ignored, and uh, um, where uh, a young lady apparently got information uh, online from a blogger forum that said, hey, use WD-40 to treat this. 
and uh, I have a before and after picture of both treating with uh, WD-40 uh, and then treating with Dermethin. Uh, so it's, I've got that, those pictures on there. Peter's going to tell us about that, going to tell us about the dangers of not doing it correctly. Um, and then there was a lot of comments on the, the Facebook page when I had initially posted that about just using oils. There were so many different, oh, I use coconut oil, I use vegetable oil, I use spray oil like Pam or something like that on it, followed up with this, that, or the other. Uh, so we're going to be talking to him about that. It's not just using the kind of oil we have around the house. There's even been uh, comments um, using uh, old wives' tales and whatnot of using uh, spent, burnt, um, old uh, motor oil out of the uh, old tractor or truck to do that. So, um, and, you know, hey, there's, I guess, maybe some credence to, you know, doing uh, old school. But we've come a long way, and we have a lot more information uh, from a lot of uh, reliable people, <laughs> vets and poultry scientists. And there's probably some better ways than using old carcinogenic motor oil out of the tractor after it's uh, been in there and spent and ready to go away uh, than putting it on a, a chicken's leg. So, um better things uh, with better timing. So we've got that for you today. I want to remind everybody that there's not one but two chicken poop contests going on right now. We've got one in the summer edition of Chicken Whisperer magazine, science-based, fact-based, study-based information for you to keep your flock healthy. We've got an urban poop company, Starter Poop, that is uh, we'll be giving away, and you can enter that by going uh, to the magazine. You can subscribe to the digital edition free chickenwhisperermagazine.com and you can enter to win that awesome coop if you're just getting started or need another smaller coop for a particular breed or want to use it as an ICU coop or uh, suffices when your hands are sick you bring some home whatever the case may be great great product and then also on our Facebook page we are giving away a snap lock chicken coop the larger of the two snap lock chicken coops that are available and you can go to our Facebook page and learn all about how to uh, win that coop, which we'll be giving away here probably in about uh, 10 days or so. So time is running out to enter that contest. Then you can get all the rules and, and see how to enter there on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the chicken whisperer. Looking forward to this weekend. I've got a 4-H uh, speaking engagement up near Clemson University uh, over there in South Carolina. And uh, I'll be heading over that way. I guess Wednesday morning we'll be heading over there towards the Lake Hartwell area there on the border of Georgia and South Carolina. And then next Saturday, I believe it's 10 to noon, I'll be speaking to a lot of 4-H kids. Uh, I love spreading the chicken love, but when it has to do a 4-H or FFA, especially the younger kids, these will be younger, I think third, fourth, and fifth grade, uh, if memory serves, uh, 4-H group there in the area. And they've opened it up to other 4-H groups. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, Really, uh, you know, you got to make a good impression with these kids. You wanted to have a long-lasting, uh, meaningful uh, um, program where they can learn something. I think we're going to be talking a little bit about incubation uh, and brooding, and then um, I think coops and, and runs, maybe predators. So we'll see what all that we can get done. So it's going to be a really good, fun time, and I'm looking forward to meeting the kids there and the, the 4-H program and really uh, educating them on, uh, on backyard poultry. So I'm looking forward to that next weekend. That'll be, that'll be fun. Uh, as well as FFA, and I worked with both of them. I was in the FFA back in uh, high school. In fact, I was our club uh, secretary. And I've never been to the na I've been to the state convention, but I was never uh, have never been up to the national um, FFA convention. 
I came really close one year going. I was up in Indianapolis, and I really wanted to get up there, but it just wasn't in the cards because I think I was just up there that year previously, made the trip for the uh, Ohio National. So um, speaking of that, I want to let everybody know, do um, check your local ag department website. Give them a call. There's been a number of states that have canceled all poultry shows for the remainder of the year this year, and they're going to revisit that. Uh, the first of 2016, and uh, especially if as this fall comes around and birds start to migrate again back south, uh, and the possible concern of of it, it affecting the East Coast with the avian influenza, uh, it may uh, carry over into 2016. So I know there's a lot of FFA and 4-H, uh, especially uh, folks, and then just folks that show in general and are in, and do the fancier uh, fanciers of the shows and the birds are kind of disappointed in that and uh but but definitely check and see you probably have information from your local group or club uh from a bulletin from the estate vet who does have the authority to do that and they would uh um so there's been many states that have canceled uh, poultry shows for the rest of uh, the year it looks like uh peter brown's called in or they head over to the switchboard we'll uh, bring him on and get on to our topic today which is scaly uh, leg might, so let's give him a big chicken whisperer welcome. Hey, Peter, welcome to the show. We appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, Andy, how you doing? Good. I want to also say thank you very much for those uh, awesome pictures that you gave us. Awesome, in fact, that they're very detailed, but not so awesome because of the uh, the surprising lack of uh, treatment uh, of how bad scaly mites uh, can get, especially left ignored and, and untreated. Uh, versus the first picture and the second picture, and then the devastation that used WD-40, or you know, we we both heard we talked on the show about this topic about folks using old and used motor oil, which we know is a carcinogenic, on their chickens' legs and things like that. But we thought we would uh, revisit this today, and of course, since you're dealing with it now, just recently, and have pictures to share um, for all, for all our uh, listeners and. Facebook fans to take a look at you know identifying these and how bad it can really get, especially if it's ignored. So, um, folks, I want to invite you to go ahead and get your pen, paper, notebook. We often tell folks have a spiral notebook near your computer. So when there's a topic we're covering and, and you tune in or you're listening to the archive, you can take some notes. If you miss something, no worries. Every show is archived for your listening pleasure. And so, in fact, I'm looking today as show 1010. And so, if you want to last listen to show number one, you can do that. They're all archived. So we'll get that pen and paper out to take some notes from my good friend Peter Brown, the chicken doctor, founder of FirstStateVetSupply.com. Uh, so Peter, I'm going to kind of turn it over to you, and I'll, have, I'll chime in, have some questions here and there about about the, uh, the different. Uh, um, I mean, we may get questions on our Facebook page, and we may even open the phone lines for some questions today. So uh, just uh, I'll turn it over to you. Uh, yeah, it's, you know this isn't a big subject. Uh, it's it's pretty straightforward, um, but we have covered it before, uh, but it's it's worthy bringing it back around uh, and getting people to talk about it. <clears throat> uh, mainly, they to uh, uh, you know, in my opinion, and there are people who disagree with me, but the the method of of treatment uh, is what concerns me most of the time. Um, you know, technically, I don't necessarily care what you use, but it, I'm <clears throat> looking at something that. Uh, uh, you know, you think you have it under control, but you don't uh, by using one of these other alternative, uh, more natural type uh, methods. Uh, this is a mite 
you know, that you want uh, to eliminate as quick as possible, um, you know, I can guarantee you uh, uh, any other uh, mite that uh, may attack humans, and there are plenty of them, uh, you know, when they burrow under the skin and start eating the skin, uh, it's a allergic reaction, basically, and the same thing goes for chickens. It's a basic uh, uh, allergic reaction. <clears throat> you have the, uh, the mites... Uh, uh, in this particular case, uh, the scaly leg mite, it is caused, uh, the scientific name for it is uh, Metocoptes gallinae. That's the older term for it. And the newer one is, uh, instead of gallinae, it would be mutants. Um, either one, uh, literature is available on, on both. Um, but they're basically, uh, you know, one and the same. They're a sarcoptic uh, mite, <clears throat> meaning that they burrow under the skin. Uh, so that alone should give you some some clues as to uh, uh, how uncomfortable this can be f uh, for your birds. Uh, if I had a nickel for every time I hear people talk about taking care of their birds and their birds mean everything to them, and I'm sure they do uh, in many, many cases, but then I hear this, uh, uh, what I consider to be an ignorant statement of coming back and using, uh, you know, used motor oil, uh, cooking oil, uh, and most of these remedies up front, unless you're soaking a bird in it, applying it one time to it, as a general rule, does not take care of these mites. And there may be people that have been successful doing that, but the majority that I have dealt with over the years, and I've been doing this a long time, so I've dealt with a lot of it, these remedies, as a general rule, uh, don't work. Now, some of them might work better <clears throat> if you catch it early on, but most people that I deal with, uh, by the time they've caught it, it's a it's a monumental problem. It's not just a simple case of of any one thing. Uh, it's a huge problem. Uh, I decided to part with a couple of pictures from my my collection of of things uh, due to the fact that uh, uh, these pictures speak thousands of words. Okay, about this this uh, particular disease uh, caused by this uh, particular sarcoptic mite and uh, the issues that come, come with that. Um, this particular, the, the, the education that you can get from looking at these things, uh, this person was treating this uh, bird with WD-40. That's one of the remedies you can get off the net anywhere and off blogs and everything else for people that don't know uh, what they're doing um, and think that uh, this is going to be the, the remedy for, uh, for uh, this particular thing. There may be cases uh, where, where you can get away with that. But for me, uh, and from a scientific standpoint and, and a, even a medical standpoint, I want those mites gone, whether it be from my chickens or from my body, as quickly as possible. And it is more agonizing to a bird, in my opinion, and it does more damage to leg tissue, makes it tougher and harder to have the leg recover and, and uh, you know, get all the scales back and, and, uh, and so on. Uh, by allowing the mites to continue their journey uh, of, um, you know, eating the, the flesh under the skin uh, of the birds. It's really straightforward, plain and simple, not difficult to understand. Uh, and, you know, just, you know, why anybody would want to use, you know, cooking oil, uh, use motor oil, uh, uh, even Vetrex. You know, they make a claim on, on their, their label for it. 
Uh, in some cases, it'll work. In some cases, it won't. I want something that's going to going to work now, right now. And uh, one of the quickest ways to do this uh, is by using a 10% permethrin, mixing it up, uh, standing the bird in it up to its thighs, holding it there for a minute or so, and coming back in 10 days to do it again to make sure you've got it all cleaned up. The nice part about it is you can take this uh, 10% solution, uh, use a filter. You can buy them in any paint store with a fine, uh, really fine mesh filters, uh, get any droppings that may be in it out, get any feathers, any debris, uh, whatever, uh, shavings, and turn around and put that in your pump-up garden spray, and now go back and treat the coop. So it, it serves as a, a dual-purpose uh, product that you can uh, uh, very easily use, not overly expensive, uh, and if you've had the problem with, with mites, it's certainly recommended that you continue on a, uh, a, a monthly basis to go back and spray the roosts and the coop uh, with, the, uh, with the product. Uh, for the most part, basically non-toxic if you use it uh, properly. Uh, it has no uh, uh, egg withdrawal times or anything like that. Um, you know, uh, but it, and, it, and it serves other purposes. It has residual value. Uh, it can help with uh, fly control. Uh, and, and those kind of things. But, you know, to use these other methods, um, you know, and I know people that that, uh, uh, that claim to use them and use them uh, effectively, uh, more power to you uh, if that's what you're interested in. But I'm interested in that quick kill, get rid of it, done with it now. Um, these, uh, these mites are, you know, again, burrowing under the skin, eating the tissue. What they're doing there, too, is they're reproducing, okay, and they're also defecating, uh, and that again, that's where this re allergic reaction comes in, the incessant itch itching. Anybody that's ever had chiggers will know uh, exactly what I'm talking about, uh, and if you've had chiggers, you certainly don't want them again. Uh, that constant itching, uh, day in, day out, hour after hour, uh, the flesh being consumed uh, by these parasites that are really simply easily uh, you know, remedied. There's no excuse uh, for letting it get to the uh, extremes uh, in the picture uh, uh, pictures that, that that we showed. The the one picture that that's uh, available there uh, shows the bird as it came in. Uh, for, we call it a day one photo, um, and uh, it was treated aggressively with permethrin, and uh, the legs then, uh, as soon as it was uh, soaked sufficiently, uh, the uh, the debris came off uh, very readily, and uh, you have to be careful. The, the mites can be still active in some of these things, so if they uh, these uh, so-called castings as they come off, and uh, uh, so you just don't want to throw them down on the ground. You want to make sure you leave them soaking in some permethrin and make sure that it gets all the way down into the middle of that, that the debris uh, and kills all of the, uh, the mites that are uh, possibly still inside of that. Um, you know, once it starts to happen, uh, this bird, uh, in this particular picture, the day one photo, uh, was unable to walk. So he, what he was doing is walking on his hocks. To me, it's cruel. It's inhumane. It's uncalled for. It's unnecessary. Uh, and, again, easily remedied right off the bat in the early beginning. Uh, and I'll tell you, most people don't catch these things early because they don't pay attention to their birds. Okay? I'm going to read um, real yeah. quick. Uh Go, yeah. go down my list here. You're right. We talked about that, getting that five-gallon bucket. You go over and buy your coop and buy everything else, buy that five-gallon bucket for two ninety-nine, and sit there in, your, in the run and, and take a look and observe and pick up and handle your birds. Um, 
just you read some of the things that people have posted on, on the Facebook page under the pictures I have. Um, uh, let's see. Um, warm, soapy water for 10 days uh, to get rid of them. Uh, and then uh, we have uh, warm, soapy water and then uh, Vaseline for 10 mm-hmm. days to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. We have... Um, let me, so let me stop you that. right there just for a second. I, I want you to continue okay. on with those, but let me, okay. let me respond to that right away, okay? okay the, and, and the ignorance of using that particular uh, uh, remedy um, is not in the fact that it's soapy water uh, and Vaseline, okay? It's the fact that it takes 10 days. Okay. That's the issue for me. Um, you know, if you were going to use the hot soapy water and the Vaseline, it was going to take care of the issue today. Done deal. Who cares at that point? But you know, the the, uh-huh. the issue has been remedied. Uh, the bird's on its way to recovery. The uh, uh, the greatest part of the uh, 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 problem has been solved. The uncomfortable, uh, incessant itching and 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 uh, this bird was so bad that he was actually picking at his feet, making certain parts of, of the feet bleed because he was in such irritation and, and possibly even pain at that point. Mm-hmm. So just the pure ignorance of of making a statement like that, um, yeah, it may work, but I'll be damned if I'd want to wait 10 days if I had chiggers. I can tell you that. And uh, yeah, no, no bird should have to, have, to, have to wait like that. And, uh, and I'm very passionate about it. I'm sorry if it offends anybody too bad. That's too bad, because if you're if you're if you're that cheap that you won't go to the store and get a proper remedy, either for yourself or your birds, then you don't deserve to own them. It's that simple. We've got um, the next one. Um, dip the hens' legs in vegetable oil and the Vet RX mix. Um, let me see if we have any applies to that one. So, so vegetable oil right out of the kitchen plus a Vet RX mix, and with that. Um, let's see what else we have here. If there's anything. You see, let me let me respond to that. Um, sure. You're 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 relying on that, okay, to smother these uh, mites under the skin uh, and kill them. So what do we have here? We have an oil that both of them are light; they're not heavy, okay. And by that I mean they really don't stick to the uh, leg in any depth. Plus the uh, 106 degrees or so temperature of the bird's body is going to dissipate it and make it run off quicker. So the the amount of time that we have for these products to do a, a reasonable job is diminished by the product itself, not being able uh, to maintain cover over that leg that's infected with these mites and cause them to uh, uh, to cease to exist within minutes. You see, when you... When you uh, stand a bird in the permethrin, it actually absorbs into the skin. And that's where we want it, right where the guys live. Bring it right on home. Just like pouring uh, uh, liquid down a rat hole. Same thing. And, uh, you know, the, the quickness is what we want. And uh, with these natural remedies, uh, for the most part, I won't say all of them, but for the, for the most part, unless you're able to, to get that quick kill or that ability to smother something, uh, so that it's, it's dead now, within minutes, most of them don't work that quickly. And uh, the soapy water and, and, and Vaseline thing, uh, 10 days, that's a pretty rough gig. 
Not only that, it's laborious. You have to do it for 10 days. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, um, Dr. McCray also talks about the, the Vaseline petroleum jelly being just, you put it on their legs and <laughs> you just, okay, go have fun. And, and then there's the next thing you see your chicken and there's grass and there's dirt and there's mud and all and their feathers. Oh, yeah. Just, just, all that Vaseline is just really nasty and not fun fun to deal with. Um, yeah. I like this comment uh, from Lisa, kind of unrelated, but we'll add a little humor into this. It says, uh, that first picture kind of looks like my husband's uh, feet, and he must have scaly leg mites. <laughs> um, but we've got um, uh, folks have asked me about WD-40 as well and gasoline, uh, so dangerous and unsafe. Um, <laughs> There's one. Gasoline. Yeah, let's light them up. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, let's see. Here's some more vegetable oil, blue coat. Um, let's see. Uh, Grease those chicken legs. Coconut oil works for me. Um, let's see what else we got. Cooking spray at the dollar store. Um, like I guess like a Pam or some type of thing you can just spray on the legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's some more coconut oil. And um, here's another so- uh, soak in, in, in soapy water. And then apply olive oil to kill the mites and then Vaseline for protection. Um, to cover that. Um, I'm almost done here scrolling down here. That's all right. That's fine. Um, diluted essential oils. Um, anything else? Yeah, here's somebody that said also, um, most commonly. Yeah, uh, she says uh, this is about as bad as people recommending um, um, putting kerosene in the chicken's eye for eye worm. Yeah. And somebody out there saying <laughs> kerosene in the eye for eye worms. So, so those are some comments I wanted to share with, with the folks, that, that, that the information that is uh, out there when they're visiting so-called blogs and, uh, and forums. So, we, again, you all know, we all been listening long enough, both the magazine, the podcast, and everything else, trying to uh, get, get the right information out there. And then, like you said, some people are going to go with us, some people are not. You know, big people don't like to hear that they're wrong. People want to search the Internet until they get validation of what they're doing is the right way, even mm-hmm. though it takes you know, a long time. Oh, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. Oh, here's one person on the planet that says I'm doing it right, so I'm doing it right. So uh, we understand that. It's, it's human nature. Um, we're all human, but uh, we just strive to get better information out there to, to our fans. So um, I'll let you continue fascinating uh, information so far, but I did want to make sure I get that information. Yeah, out I think it's, you know, people are posting. <laughs> It's it's worthy of talking about it from the standpoint, and and I get it. You know, things cost money. I think um, uh, I've seen this time and time again, and it continues. Uh, uh, it's no different than a person buying a, a puppy uh, and then not being able to take care of it. Same thing with chickens. They buy them. Uh, they heard that they were self-sufficient, so you throw them in the backyard. Um, numerous times I've commented uh, the appalling conditions that I see people have chickens in uh, uh, on you know, on Facebook, it comes through the feed, and you you see it, <clears throat> and uh, um, you know they're, they're just inadequate. Um, this is a little bit off subject, but uh, last week uh, there was somebody on Facebook uh, soliciting for more birds because the fox got all my chickens last night, and I need more birds. Uh, no, you don't. Uh, you need to leave the chickens alone because you couldn't take care of the ones you had. Um, you know, people people. Um, uh, don't account for the predation. Uh, they, they put up flimsy things that are easily uh, compromised by uh, most of the predators. Um, 
you know, um, I have another friend um, who uh, was having a bear problem called the state. The state said, uh, well, we don't relocate them anymore. Uh, it uh, comes back in your coop and kills some chickens. Uh, you're entitled to kill it. And that's exactly what he ended up doing. Um, there, there was nothing, you know, nothing's going to keep them out. The electric fence doesn't keep them out when they're hungry uh, and they're coming. Uh, and this, this bear uh, was uh, a black bear weighed in excess of 400 pounds. They can rip and, a car door off. You just, just, just go and look at any type of a, a website at the national parks where there's they feed food in the car, they're camping, what have you, and they can yep. literally rip the door off of a car. Yeah, good luck keeping yep. the bear out. <laughs> yeah, and and it's not it's not going to be. I have another uh, client in another state uh, who raises uh, a lot of quail, and um, last year uh, the uh, in the first time in all the years he's been been raising them. But uh, uh, black bear came in and uh, tore up the place, uh, killed the majority of the quail. What he didn't kill got free, and um, uh, he contacted the state, and the state uh, wouldn't do anything. Number one, and told him that he was not entitled to kill it. If he killed it, he'd go to jail. And um, so there you have it. You know, we don't uh, we don't have any happy medium here. We go across the, uh, uh, the 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 different states. Everybody's got a different. Uh, uh, perspective on it, different regulations, um, uh, you know, and it, it's just it's just shameful the, the way things things are done. And uh, granted, some of these are, are my own opinions, but they're opinions that have been formulated over 50 plus years of watching this unfold, uh, and and the stupidity still unfolds today as we speak. Um, and you know, it just gets uh, kind of annoying that. Uh, you know, it's the same thing as as I have encountered many times about the old timers who uh, used ground glass to worm their birds. You know, back in the day when you didn't have anything, maybe that was appropriate. But today, that's not an appropriate uh, methodology for uh, you know for uh, for doing it. The same as those that worm their birds with uh, you know uh, red devil lie. You know, um, I don't think I would take the chance. But a lot of folks, uh, in back in the day, uh, that's what they did. But you know, technology has moved on, and and uh, there's no need for you know for any of these birds to uh, to suffer in any way, shape, or form. And like I said, you know, this leads to infection. Um, this particular bird that you're seeing, I didn't include that photo. Uh, it was, uh, but this bird also had uh, scaly leg mites uh, uh, in its comb, uh, which has been remedied, taken care of. Um, and the bird also had a respiratory condition, probably due to the fact that uh, uh, the immune system was pulled down so dramatically uh, by this. Generally, we'll see these uh, scaly leg mites um, uh, in in older birds rather than younger birds. And part of it, uh, part of the belief is uh, that the immune system in a young bird, uh, if it's not compromised, uh, they may ward them off. Um, they may become lightly infected with a few that end up being uh, uh, taken over by the bird's immune system and able to handle it. We see it in older dogs who start to uh, um, go downhill and have uh, uh, compromised immune systems that come down with sarcoptic mange and, and that kind of thing uh, um, and very difficult to to get rid of. Um, but 
so this does happen mainly in, in older birds. And like I said, we've talked about this before. It's nothing new. Uh, but um, these, uh, working with this individual, with these, this particular bird, um, the second photograph is after seven days of uh, basically intense treatment of uh, cleaning the legs um, and using uh, bag balm on the skin, uh, bringing back the suppleness of it. The bird is now standing. Uh, and able to uh, stretch the toes out, uh, where in the uh, number one picture that he wasn't able to do so. Uh, these mites uh, can be permanently debilitating to a bird. If this had gone on much longer, I dare say that this bird would be able to walk and probably would have to be euthanized um, uh, if it didn't you know, lose some of its toes in, in, the, in the process uh, you know, of, of all of this. So it's not funny. I don't take it lightly. Um, there's a lot of things that people can do about it, and uh, uh, most people are either ignorant of the fact of what they can do or are willing to put their birds through 10 days of hardship and unnecessary hardship uh, either to save a buck or just because they're not, uh, uh, they're not wise enough to seek out good counsel on, on what to do. Uh, and, uh, you know, it just something that got under my skin i passed it off to you andy because of that and that's that's why i sent the pictures i don't don't normally do that uh but i think that they are extremely educational and um, um you know you have to understand too these these mites are are, are pooping uh, in these little tunnels that they're making under there their their um, uh, their whole life cycle is in the skin life cycle is roughly about uh two weeks give or a day or two and um uh it it um it just can be overwhelming to to a bird uh certainly a bird that has him uh, in any uh, uh uh great amount and starts to have raised scales and stuff uh, uh you know you're going to start to see uh you know drop in egg production if they're meat birds they're going to drop weight because uh, they're going to be trying to get this itching under control okay and um they're going to be you know be, be looking at that and not eating and not drinking and, and uh, becoming more lethargic every day. Um, so, again, you know, n not a big subject. Um, uh, Andy, I don't know if you wanted to take your break. break. I do have a question. Yep, I got it. Uh, yeah, we'll take questions, yeah, and I'll go over the remedies that I think would be more beneficial. That sounds great. Thank you. Uh, let me see where we're at here. Yeah. There we go. Yep. Thanks very much. Yeah, we're talking with Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of First State Vet Supply. Just reviewing a couple of questions we received uh, via email, uh, some live listeners. So uh, we'll return right after this short break. Stay with us, folks. When you need an incubator, think Brency, the incubation specialist. Brency has been a world-leading manufacturer of incubators for over 30 years. Incubators from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity control and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Visit them online at Brensea.com. Brensea spelled B-R-I-N-S-E-A. That's Brensea.com or call 1-888-667-7009. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and save 10% on their incubators, brooders, egg candlers, and other incubation accessories. When you need an incubator, think Brency. Technology you can trust. 
Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. Pictures of chickens on aprons are common across America, but picture a chicken wearing an apron and you'll probably get a good chuckle. Laugh if you must, but nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster and may even provide protection from an unexpected hawk attack. Hen savers come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and standard sized hens and roosters. Colors include camo, denim, navy, brown, khaki or black, and soon pink. Crazy K Farm is expanding its already colorful hen saver collection to include the color pink. A portion of their sales will be donated to organizations that fund breast cancer research and awareness. Order your Hensaver aprons today at Hensaver.com. That's Hensaver.com. Love Nest brings the natural goodness of herbs to you in your backyard with handcrafted organic blends for your backyard friends. Packaged in a resealable bag, 100% USDA certified organic, Love Nest blends come ready to sprinkle directly into the nesting R coop bedding and are completely natural and edible. There's Love Nest Chick Mix Blend, a gentle herb blend perfect for young chicks. Love Nest Layer Blend, designed to help support laying and soothe ruffled feathers. And Love Nest Critter Ritter Blend is naturally effective against those unwelcome guests such as lice, moths, and other pests. Ask for Love Nest at your favorite local feed store or visit them online at www.loveluv-nest.com and try Love Nest Organic Blends for your backyard friends today. Are you in the market for a new chicken coop? Want one that will outlast all the others? Then check out Urban Coop Company. All of their coops are made from 100% appearance-grade western red cedar with galvanized hardware and advanced all-weather joinery right here in the USA. Compared to other coops, Urban Coop Company coops will last longer and look better doing it. They're designed to be both beautiful and functional. In fact, they have earned the Chicken Whisperer seal of approval and are Chicken Whisperer approved. I invite you to browse their website to learn more about the many features of their coops and check out their integrated coop accessories that will make your life easier. Urban Coop Company is a family-owned business located in Dripping Springs, Texas, USA. They are passionate about building great coops because they know you're passionate about your backyard chickens. 
visit them online at urbancoopcompany.com. That's urbancoopcompany.com. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business, providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for the beginner or advanced poultry keeper. Stromberg's should be on the top of your list when it comes time to order. Shop online at www.strombergschickens.com or call today at 1-800-720-1134. Remember, that's strombergschickens.com. At Kambach Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all natural, antibiotic-free with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, Our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. All right, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. We're talking with Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of FirstStateVetSupply.com. If they don't have it, you don't need it. Today's topic is all about scaly leg mites, and uh, we've come a long way, and uh, there's still more to, uh, to to talk about. So let's talk about treatment in the spring. Peter Brown, Peter, Peter Brown the chicken doctor back on the show. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for holding on for us. Sure. Um, let me just kind of describe, I mean, what we're seeing there is, is certainly an extreme case of uh, of, uh, of scaly leg mites, but one of the first signs that you'll see is uh, the, the, the scales in the legs start to become raised, and that should be an alarm uh, for you because they should be uh, uh, naturally down close to the skin, protecting the, the skin of the, of, of the legs. So you'll start to see that, and as it goes on, you'll start to see the leg get thickened uh, as the mites uh, do their work under the skin and, and, and the flesh and start burrowing in and defecating and, and so on, and they die in place, and, and the immune system reacts. Um, so the immune system you know, will try to react to, to wall them off and keep them from, uh, from doing more damage than they, than they already have. Again, in older birds who may uh, have a compromised immune system for one reason or another or other health factors, uh, that may contribute to them, uh, you know, taking the kind of foothold uh, that uh, that we see in the, in the picture that labeled day one, um, and uh, eventually uh, the bird gets so bad that the, uh, the the toes and the foot pad and stuff become encrusted. The toes curl, uh, and they can't. Uh, the bird can't walk. Um, so when you, you you compare the day one and the day seven. Uh, it doesn't take very long with a little bit of, of elbow grease and a little bit of, of doing the right things uh, to get it under control. And uh, uh, this bird now is on its way back to health. The comb has been cleaned up and taken care of. The, those mites are all gone, and the comb is, is uh, uh, showing itself to be red again. Uh, the foot, as you can see in the picture, uh, day seven, uh, has made a tremendous recovery. The bird is starting to walk, stand. Uh, that straightens its toes out now, uh, 
And I think at the end of the day, it's, it's more than likely going to make a, a full recovery. It's been treated for a respiratory issue, uh, which is uh, subsiding uh, and almost gone. So a lot of good things ended up coming out of it, but it would have been fatal if this bird was left in the possession of the person that uh, originally had it. Uh, and uh, the person that took it in uh, has a big heart and a lot of compassion for a suffering animal. And um, that, to me, is extremely important. So um, basically this uh, is a disease that is transmitted by, by contact, meaning one bird coming in contact with another. Um, so um, that's the, the major uh, way of spread. We generally, it's a slow spreader. We generally don't see a lot of birds within a flock, but we do see them from time to time. Uh, and it can happen whether birds are uh, free-ranging or not. <clears throat> I have a tendency to see it more so in free-ranging birds than you do in, in birds that have been confined uh, for most of the time. Um, so the, the treatments that uh, that that I recommend, uh, certainly the 10% uh, permethrin, I think, is the most economical, uh, and it's uh, very quick. Uh, we do follow it up in 10 days to make sure we got everybody. Um, the uh, this fellow that uh, has this particular bird, uh, where we uh, put forth these photos, um, he was able to get it uh, taken care of right off right off the bat, <clears throat> and soaked their uh, their uh, legs in it, and um, I was able to get it under control um, with the one soaking at this point. He he may or may not come back and uh, do it again in in ten days. Uh, based on uh, what we're seeing uh, with with the bird uh, and, the, and the condition that it is on day seven, so um, I'm in close contact with him, uh, and he's just been doing a super job of of, uh, of you know remedying the situation. Um, the other product uh, that can be used is a product called Elector. It's the newest product uh, on the market. Um, the active ingredient in it is spinosad and uh, it is uh, extremely safe uh, and uh, labeled for poultry as well. Uh, again, no egg withdrawal. Um, can be sprayed in the chicken coop uh, with the birds present, so you don't have to uh, take the birds outside or anything like that. So that, that's, that would be the same active ingredient in the uh, dog and cat flea medicine called Comfortis. Uh, the other one that people could use would be ivermectin. Um, uh, relatively inexpensive, uh, may take a little bit longer to work, but if I had it, I would use it. <clears throat> and, uh, uh, you know, if you wanted to use uh, the uh, ivermectin and come back and uh, and uh, stand the bird in some, uh, uh, you know, some cooking oil for a while, um, uh, you know, I wouldn't be against that either. What I am against, the fact is that uh, having uh, take multiple days or 10 days of, of a treatment of, of something that can be remedied very, very quickly. Um, I'm not saying that any of these others won't work. I'm saying short-term use of them generally doesn't work. The oil runs off. The mites aren't killed because they are burrowing uh, you know, under the skin, and you've got to make sure the air is cut off completely for a sufficient period of time. And just a couple of minutes and, uh, is not going to do the job in most cases. Um, you know, as far as Vetrex is concerned, you may have a better uh, 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 success, a uh, greater success with the with the Vetrex, uh, simply because it does have camphorated oil on it, which uh, should be 
something that that would help. But again, it's got to get down, uh, you know, to where the where the birds uh, mites are in the, on the birds' legs in order to really uh, be effective. So those are the uh, the things that I would I would look at as far as uh, a question. Yeah, a question that was sent over via an email. I've got two of them. One was, how easily are are these spread? If we ha- if we have one that that uh, chicken in our in our flock, let's say twelve or fifteen, that, that obviously has this, has been identified. Um, is something like this. Uh, the question was, do do we do this to all of our chickens, just this one? And how how long should we continue to, to to inspect if we find one with this? And how easily are they spread from chicken to chicken to chicken within the flock? Uh, it's not necessarily an easy spread. Um, I would, uh, if if I came across it in a in a flock that I had control of, um, I would evaluate, uh, you know, how many birds had it. I would look around grab a hold of every bird on the premise, uh, examine their legs. Uh, some people keep birds in different pens, so if it was in one pen, I may treat every bird in that particular pen. Um, I, I would certainly, uh, if, if it were in a community type of a situation, kind of like what we have, we don't have uh, uh, individual birds in pens. Uh, it's, a, it's a community uh, poultry house. Um, if if I found it in there, then I would do the roost, and and that, uh, and we have a small amount of birds now, um, and that's so how I would probably go the extra mile and do everybody just as a precautionary thing. Um, you know, one of the things you could do too is is uh, um, take the one that you that has it uh, and treat it accordingly by standing it, and then you could take that same uh, uh, permethrin product, uh, filter it. And put it in a sprayer, and then when everybody else goes to roost, just uh, douse their legs with it pretty good because it's still going to absorb. So make your life a little bit easier, and then keep an eye on it. It goes back to the same thing that we were saying time and time out, said a zillion times on the show, that observance of your flock, whether you want to sit out there in a rocking chair, whether you want to sit out on the ground, or you want to take a five-gallon bucket, spend some time with them, pick them up. Don't always pick up the same birds all the time. I know people have favorites uh, uh, and that kind of thing. But try to pick up everybody over a period of time. Maybe uh, you know, start out in the beginning of the week. You know, pick up uh, two, three, four, five birds a day, depending on how many birds you have. We've got a small enough flock here that we can observe all of them in just a matter of minutes. Um, and uh, but uh, <clears throat> it's it's not so easily spread. Um, it's going to take a little while for them because they, to to move from bird to bird. So um, you know. Okay. Again, I would I would even I would even take a look at how bad the infestation was on the bird that you have found, and use that as a determining factor uh, as to whether they might have migrated to you know other birds. Okay, um, Stacy from Colorado wants to know um, wh- where are they picking these up? Is this just are these uh, scaly leg mites or something found and? Every yard is it wild birds bringing this in? Is it something that free range birds will have a, a higher increased chance of getting than birds that are contained in their own say twelve by twelve run and then the coop within that? How how are they picking these up? Wild birds, free range, uh, just naturally out there in everybody's yard. The the um, I have never seen a connection between free flying birds and and this mite, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, keeping you know free-flying birds out of your flock as best as possible is is a good idea. 
obviously certainly a lot harder to do, uh, nearly impossible if you're free ranging unless you've got uh, mm-hmm. an area that's covered, uh, you know, with in the birds free range within that particular area, and uh, you know that's mostly unheard of and fairly expensive to do. Um, but certainly free range birds pick it up pretty readily. Um, you know, it is similar to uh, you know uh, a, a, um, a a chigger along its along the same same lines, and uh, but uh, you know so they they do pick it up that way. That way, I know for sure the literature that I've read over the years uh, certainly that is, is is the probably the major uh, uh, form of spread that is always mentioned in the literature. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now one last question uh, from Christmas Chick in Florida. She, she's a little off topic, but she was looking at the pictures that we shared, and she observed the very, very long nails on this bird. Um, she wanted to know or recommend what you would recommend regarding the nails, how to trim them safely and effectively, because she, she does hers on occasion on her. Yeah, uh, I always, um, you know, <clears throat> nail trimming is something that if you haven't done it from the beginning, like this particular bird has been let go, uh, then you have to do it pretty, you know, really gingerly because if you can't see the veining in in the in the toenail, um, mm-hmm. then you end up with a situation where the you know the, the toe continue you know through the nail it'll continue to bleed just like a dog. So mm-hmm. you have to be careful, you know, in the way you trim it back. Um, as long as they're not crazy long where they start to really curve under, um, I would probably just uh, take the. Uh, you know, the first eighth to maybe quarter inch off and then round them off because they really don't need them if they're in, you know, in, you know, not having to, to worry about fighting off uh, predators and that kind of thing. And not only that, uh, if they do end up striking you either by accident or by per- on purpose, uh, if they're rounded off, they're going to do a lot less damage to you, uh, you know, than they would uh, uh, if they were rounded off. But uh, some people use a, uh, a Dremel tool. You can use a... Uh, um, a nail file, um, you know, yeah, technically you could use a piece of sandpaper. It's just whatever whatever you have handy, um, even a, a dog clipper if you've got to clip off a lot. But, again, be careful of the fact that they can bleed. Uh, you can do that, and I would I'd probably try to still round them off because when you cut them with a dog clipper, they they have a tendency to still have pretty sharp edges on them. And, mm-hmm. uh, but, the, yeah, it's it's easy to do. Um, you know, again, time-consuming. Pick up each bird and go around to each 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 nail and and uh, and that kind of thing. But just be careful because they they can bleed. If bleeding should occur, um, sometimes putting some uh, uh, styptic powder on it, uh, or, or sometimes uh, uh, just plain ordinary flour will do. It depends on how much it's bleeding. Blood stop powder is another one. Uh, if it becomes something that's incessant and it won't stop and you can't get it to stop. A uh, little blood goes a long way. Seems like they're bleeding to death. Uh, and not saying they couldn't, but it 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 can be frightening for some people. Um, cauterizing it would be your next step, and uh, simply a uh, a knife uh, heated, and then just gently touch to it. Okay, just enough to uh, to cauterize it, stop the bleeding, um, and for maybe 24 hours, I would put that bird in a position where the bedding was comfortable and and soft, so that you don't you know. Uh, uh, reopen that wound. Um, sometimes uh, what works is one of these little wood burning tools, um, and you just you just dab it on there until it stops. And uh, it's pretty simple to do. Shouldn't take more than a few seconds on, on a toe. Um, 
and just keep a watch on it. If it starts to bleed again, cauterize it again. Okay, great. Hopefully that answered that. Christmas chick, long-time listener and fan, uh, her, her question. So very good. Um, anything else? We, we've uh, completed our hour of broadcasting, and uh, I have some more time, but I, like I said, it wasn't a totally yeah. uh, long time. I'll tell you what, uh, yeah, uh, everybody's heard me talk about, you know, the avian influenza thing, and I heard, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when I was waiting in, in the queue, I heard you mention something about, you know, shows being shut and this, that, and the other thing. And... <clears throat> I have said from the beginning that, you know, while this is spread by, um, you know, waterfowl predominantly, um, I have also said that, you know, I thought it was laughable that officials and, and uh, uh, government veterinarians were making statements that I thought were just crazy. You know, uh, you know we don't know how this is spreading. Well, I said all along, man was, was the culprit. And lo and behold, uh, last week, middle of the week, somewhere around Wednesday, Thursday, uh, uh-huh. APHIS came out with a preliminary report. And uh, guess who's spreading it? You know, I mean, not everybody, but uh, I mean, yeah. the things that they it observed. Was, it was mice. Yeah, mice and rats were it was being looked at through their feet and through their fur, which we've talked mm-hmm. on this show, I don't know how many times. In fact, we're talking about yep. it this Thursday about rodent control. And then, and then yep. correct, it was mentioned, that I saw it too, uh, sharing the tools between between farms and houses. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And, and, and you know, it, it's funny, I was talking to uh, USDA APHIS uh, last week and the uh, PR company that handles the Biosecurity for Birds program. We're getting ready to do our next webinar here in August uh, uh, for the year. And... Um, she said, uh, <laughs> uh, "It kind of maybe uh, laugh a little bit, but but it's you know, it's, of course the PR firm's like, well, <laughs> uh, since only about 10% of all the outbreaks are happening in backyard flocks, uh, we're going to spin that and say, hey, we're doing a great job educating the backyard folks <laughs> about biosecurity, obviously. So uh, well, it was kind I of think interesting. That, um, I think that they have a point there because I think the backyard folks, as a general rule, believe it or not, I mean." Uh, you know, we'll step up to the plate. No, none of them, you know, that I know of, want anything to happen to their birds, uh, not deliberately. Um, and I think most are going to take, you know, most of the precautions. There are some that are not. I still see people, uh, you know, doing crazy things, you know, buying eggs all over the place. And, you know, again, you know, people they think, you know, it's not going to happen to them. It's only, you know, like I said in the beginning, when this whole thing started earlier in the year, you know, the, uh, the first outbreak up in the state of Washington, you know, people... Uh, from everywhere, not just the East Coast, but everywhere, saying, "Wow, it's a, it's a West Coast problem. It's a West Coast problem." You know, now it's become a uh, almost nationwide problem from the standpoint of shutting down shows everywhere and anywhere, uh, which has a economic impact on uh, a ton of people. Uh, you know, people uh, uh, that, are, that are raising birds for sale, finding out in many cases uh, you can't move them, even if you can move them within your state. Uh, you know, a lot of people ship birds. So it hurts not only the guy that's uh, raising the birds, it hurts you know, the, the post office uh, because they're the ones that end up with the revenue for shipping the birds, so there's, there's less revenue. Um, you know, right on down the line, you know, down to the guy that ends up selling the feed and, and stuff, and people like myself, you know, when, when uh, it's made more difficult for us to, uh, to go to, uh, you know, poultry shows, Cuts into my revenue too. Not that poultry right. shows are making you a ton of money, but it's it's as anybody knows that runs a business. Sometimes some things are just cash flow. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, moving. I got an product. email. Oh, go ahead. 
No, go ahead. I got an email during the show, in fact, at 1230, uh, just looking at it now uh, this afternoon, uh, from USDA APHIS, and uh, it states that, uh, I'll read it to you, Abby uh, Yigsaw is one of our public information officers. She's currently on the ground in Iowa assisting with our highly pathogenic avian influenza response, and uh, would you be interested in having Dr. Jack Shear, one of our lead vets, on your show to talk about the uh, avian influenza response? Um, and, um, of course, I'll reply, yes, absolutely, we'll have them on. Mm-hmm. As soon as I can get a good day, probably next week would be best so we can prepare for it. But, um, uh, uh, again, I'm going to reach out to all my fans to say, hey, post some questions that you have about this. That, you know, that, you know, nobody's higher up on the chain of command here than these folks that are on the ground. They're dealing with it. Uh, their, their hands are dirty, and uh, we'll, uh, uh, from, from dealing with this uh, issue and, um We'll, we can get your answers, you know, uh, your questions answered right here from from the source right here. So we're going to try to do that and probably schedule it sometime uh, next week. I know we do this early on after the first three or four findings uh, out west when it was coming down Oregon and, and Washington and, and, and California. And then we've just been uh, posting things. And so this is probably a good time to do a follow-up show too as well. And we can ask them questions like what do we anticipate for the fall? Uh, on the uh, East Coast, which everybody's kind of concerned with as the migration starts to occur again. Uh, we, you know, we, there's questions that are always out there. Okay, everybody talks about it going away in the summer. How come uh, if this disease doesn't do well when it gets up to 70 degrees? How come if a, t- a chicken's temperature is 103? How come it survives? You know, all these questions that people don't understand, they, that they have questions, they want to learn more about it. Uh, we'll ask mm-hmm. these uh, these experts that are that are there. Doesn't get any better than that. So, uh, and I'll, of course, you'll know when they're coming on it as well. So, um, completely uh, something that's going on right now, and uh, we'll keep everybody up to date on that show probably sometime next week. I know Peter, you're going to be back on uh, Wednesday. Maybe we mm-hmm. can uh, do another open mic. I know our our fans like that. You like that? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, and and uh, so maybe Wednesday when you come back at noon, we'll do open mic. And then this Thursday, we've got a poultry scientist and professor, Dr. McCray. She had to cancel last Thursday show on rotor control. She had a surprise visit from her brother, and they wanted to spend time with him. Absolutely understandable. So, But she, uh, we've already confirmed this Thursday, rotor control in the coop, which, like you were talking about, that's the looking from APHIS, talking about human error, uh, the spread of the disease, uh, rodents uh, in the coop, maybe some wild birds getting into uh, as well. So, um but, yeah, absolutely, we'll, we'll cover that next week when we have the APHIS folks on. So, um, you know, great topic um, today, Peter. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, it, you, you would think that we learned something from, from the Ebola outbreak. Um, you know, there we had professionals dying like flies, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, treating people uh, and following uh, what we thought were established protocols and then come to find mm-hmm. out, you know, that, not everybody was following those, and these were experienced, uh, you know, in most cases, experienced professionals uh, who were trained uh, in, you know, how to do this. And, um, you know, those practices were not being implemented, uh, you know, in, in their entirety. And, you know, look, the hardest thing it is for almost any person to do is to do something routinely. Uh-huh, I don't uh-huh. mean a routine task, but something routinely doing it over and over and over and over every day, day after day, week after week, month after month, first thing you know, shortcuts are going to be taken, I guarantee you. 
And I said early on, people said, you know, uh, well, the big guy's got the biosecurity. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Nope. Only when it hits them in the pocketbook. Then they sit up straight in their chairs, and everybody wonders where the yellow went. What happened? And, mm-hmm. it, you know, I mean, I'm no genius. This is pretty simple. This is this is not rocket science. This is just looking at people uh, not doing you know what they're supposed to do. I mean, I think what was the what was the the one of the things? Uh, let me see if I can quote it right off of what they were saying. Uh, insufficient okay. application of recommended biosecurity practices. There you have it in a nutshell. Right there, <laughs> that that one thing. And did I not say that? Go back and look at the archives. Well, did I, have I not been well. saying that? Okay. And more proof of what I'm trying to say. And I do not want to be right. That has nothing to do with it. Go right down here to one of the largest poultry companies in the world, okay, right down the street here from where I live, okay, and sit outside and watch the feed trucks come from all over the area here where I live, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, uh, Virginia, uh, Maryland, uh, Delaware, and everything else, New Jersey, and go right into the feed mill, dump their load, come right back out. No wash down in, no wash down out. You want to know why? Because the problem isn't here. Not going to spend that money to do that. Mm-hmm. But yet, go take the road out of town, past the back of the mall, where we got two big giant sumps back there. They've got about 50 geese that walk across the road and crap every day, going back and forth across the road. Uh, been hit by cars, dead bodies laying in the road. Okay, and you don't want to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. It blows my mind, but it's their money. Actually, it's your tax dollars because they get paid yeah, yeah. irregardless. Uh, they don't make profit, but they're going to get paid for the dead birds and the cleanup. So. Uh, it's called an indemnity fee when it's government mandated. So uh, this is not only cost uh, the people who uh, uh, raise the birds. Uh, don't forget, the guy that raises the birds for poultry company, he only owns the facilities. He doesn't own the birds. And we've, so seen, we've seen the price increase. We've already seen the price increase on eggs across, for the most part, across mm-hmm. the country. People are taking pictures of them, put on Facebook, look at the price of eggs now and because of the uh, the, the, the avian influenza affecting the, the layers in, in Iowa and in, in the Midwest. But if, if it does um, deal with the folks you're talking about, including the East Coast, Georgia produces more broilers than any state in the Union, um, and then you may see the increase of chicken prices actually going up because mm-hmm. these would be broilers versus layers for the most part. A yep. totally different aspect of uh, raising prices. Well, you're going to see a huge increase in... Uh, um, uh, breads that require eggs, uh, cakes, cookies, that kind of thing, because uh, it's my understanding that a large percentage of the egg farms uh, that have been affected were what they call breaker eggs, where they don't go for table eggs. There's no difference between them other than the fact that they separate the yolk and the white and sell them that way, okay? And those go to your bakeries and, and, and things like that. They're uh, uh, So they're, they're sold in bulk, I believe it uh, uh, the 30, 40 pound buckets. So, um, you know, in, in that respect, that be, all those birds being taken out of that market, and, you know, you don't recover that quickly because you've got at least six weeks downtime by the time they go and clean them all up, and they've got to be down, I think, for 30 days or so uh, and have to be tested and certified that it's okay to put birds back in there. Then, secondly, where are you going to get the birds to put back in because um, these are all grown on a schedule, but birds going out, birds coming in. Now you have birds going out prematurely. Where are the birds going to come back in from? They have, they're, they're either not grown yet or they're not up to size to even be housed in these kinds of houses. 
because of their size. So you've got a, a lag time. Generally, when you're looking at something like this, you're probably looking at a two-year lag time by the time everything starts to catch back up if it doesn't get any worse than it is. So uh, big problem, big problem. Yep, we'll be talking about it next week with the powers that be. So, uh, Peter, hey, thanks so much. Uh, we'll see you back here Wednesday. We'll do open mic and uh, take okay. calls and get questions from Facebook and Twitter. And you have an awesome week, man. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, Andy, thank you. That's going to wrap up another Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer radio show brought to you uh, by our good friends over at uh, Kalmbach Feeds. From our family to yours, Feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H feeds.com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. And so uh, we'll take a day off tomorrow. Wednesday, we'll have Peter Brown back on. We'll be taking your calls for Peter. Uh, open mic, any uh, chicken health questions you've got for Peter Brown. And then Thursday, we've got Dr. Uh, Bridget McRae, Ph.D. poultry scientist, coming on. And Professor, we'll be talking about rodent control in and around the coop. In the meantime, you need to get your chicken fixed. There's chickenwhisperermagazine.com. Have a great day, everybody. God bless. <laughs> Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.